You are listening to Love That Voiceover. Brought to you by me, the talented voiceover artist, Rebecca Michaels Haw, also known as Love That Rebecca. Love That Voiceover brings you full length interviews and sometimes love bites, little quickies. Always the fresh perspective of personalities inside the industry about the art and artistry behind the mic. Hey, all you hand plucked, free range, slowly marinated, home roasted listeners. <laughs> Oops, I was reading the wrong list. Hey, you fabulous, beautiful, interesting, super intelligent listeners of Love That Voiceover. I'm Rebecca Michaels Haw, also known as Love That Rebecca, your host. For our wonderful episode today with Ed Hooks, part two, do. If you missed the first episode, go back there and hear about Ed's totally interesting and significant background in acting. He is currently an acting teacher, teaching actors, as well as teaching in a new way that's fundamental and completely embraced now by the animation industry. He's teaching the art of acting to animators to help them manipulate those images that you see beautifully characterizing human emotion. Today, Ed shares some fascinating insights about what he thinks about mocap, the industry, the union, and culture differences and addressing that when he travels on his teaching assignments all over the globe, and particularly in China. And we also get to find out about that iron giant piggy bank in the closet. Let's pick up with Ed talking about one of the panels that he went to for the animation industry. I was participating in an event in Stuttgart, Germany, and I had them bring over an actor who does a lot of mocap work, mm -hmm. okay, and he's in the union. I had him on a panel. I hosted a panel where I wanted actors to talk to animators and, and mocap directors. We were just about to go out in front of the group, and I said to Woody, that was his name, I said to him, I said, I said, oh, I said, I know when I introduce you, because you were, you did, you were an avatar. I said, you, you play the a Navi. Which of those Navis did you play? And he said, oh, well, probably a hundred. <gasps> wow. Did you expect him to say a hundred? No. I said, I said, what? And he said, yeah, he said, you know, there were eight of us that did the Navi. Wow. I said, eight of you did all of the Navi? Uh-huh. <laughs> and I said, well, how does that do? <laughs> you can see, I mean, I still am speechless about this. The union... Does not have they, they? They don't have contracts for this stuff, right? Yeah, they're always behind. And part of the reason that they don't have contracts is because the producers still have not acknowledged that people in mocap suits are artists at all, and they know that if they do acknowledge it, then they're going to get into having to pay them more money. <laughs> so there's no contracts. Yeah, and yeah. so and so this guy who did a hundred of these navis was not paid to do a hundred characters. He he was he was paid his day rate right. to go out there and, and do this. And uh, and I just yeah I, I'm telling yeah. you everything is it's a it's a it's all up for grabs right now all yeah. up for grabs. That's fascinating. I and I think you might have been somebody who was writing about this in your news in your very newsletter. 
Mm-hmm. Talking about yeah, how this I is going to be an issue. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I try to talk to actors about it. You know, I, I consider myself a kind of a translator because, you know, when I remember in the union, I remember it was 1991, maybe, was the first time I ever heard of digital characters. And that was when they had those commercials and they had. Uh, they Humphrey Bogart and Marilyn Monroe and some various ones that they had taken their images from old movies and reconstructed them to put make them sell them Coca Cola or something. Right. And I remember this, and the and Screen Actors Guild and AFTRA was ext- they were extremely threatened by this. Okay, they were threatened, and they right away said, "Well, this is an enemy." And I blame the digital people. Nobody talked to one another. Yeah. And by the time they did start talking to one another, this digital industry was built up to a point where it's really complicated to explain. And most actors that I talk to really don't know. They just don't know what's going on. I see it because I'm in these studios. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, feel and like, I would hope that they would be smart enough to at least investigate but maybe there are so many people doing so much i don't know Hmm. well they gotta know what to investigate they don't know yeah it's a yeah it's like a black hole yeah i blame the unions myself really for not being more proactive and i've uh i've been saying i mean really the unions ought to be they ought to be covering animators right now this sag and after ought to be covering animators Interesting. If they were real smart, because digital and live action are coming together. The animators have exactly the same issues as actors had before the formation of I SAG. I can imagine. I can imagine. Yep. I, can, I can imagine, and then I'm also confused by that idea, because I see them as the drawing people. I see them as creating something like intellectual property that they have to immediately turn over to their corporation. Uh, I think of them like, that more than I see them as creative, uh, emotional expressionists, which is mm-hmm. more temporary. You know, they're creating something kind of permanent in a way because they're designing it. But there's so many people that touch the art, too. It's not just one person that handles one character. There are people who kind of are the supervisors and then there are the drawers that do different oh, yeah. parts of the scenes even there's the background guy right. and the, so they have different elements so it's all very complicated yeah. <laughs> just like you yeah, said most of, most of the animators are not designing they're not they're not designing stuff it's uh that that they have people that do that modelers designers all this they have uh but the the animators take this they put, put all this stuff into 3d and then they manipulate them around on the screen. So animators are like working actors in this regard. Interesting. And uh, and they uh, now what's happened is that there's a there's a surplus of really talented uh, computer animators on the market, and that's driving their salaries down. Sure. And their and their benefits, whatever little benefits they had, are going away. And uh, there's a desperation that's uh, happening in that market. Of, of as you know, SAG is in the best place, the best position. If they if if they were real smart, they would go ahead and take the animators because it would give that would really give the unions the the, the some leverage. 
Interesting, yeah. Because they'd be able to, on a, on, a, on a threat of a strike, they'd be able to shut down the entire industry. Right, right. Well, they have a different writer's union. They have a different director's union. And the, um, mm-hmm. the actor's union, which is SAG-AFTRA now, it would be interesting to see an animator's union within that or, or separate from mm-hmm. that even. Um, well, they're not going to do it, though. I mean, this is you and me talking, but they're yeah. not going to do it. Mm-hmm. I've been telling people that are high up in Screen Actors Guild this for years. Mm-hmm. And they, they say, oh, well, that's an interesting idea. It's a craft yeah. trade. It's a difficult mental shift to make. It's like a paradigm shift, you know, mm-hmm. in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. But, it, but it is an aspect of uh, like a tradesperson that's very, very highly skilled, you know. And just like a mm-hmm. writer, I can really relate it to the animator at that point, you know, because they're using their creative talent to, you know, launch something, you know. Yeah. Well, also, that, I mean, again, look at the motion capture. Look at what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, because because you got live actors, actual actors, putting on those suits, doing that thing, and then the performance is finished by animators. Uh, it's like uh, you know the uh, Gollum, yeah, and uh, and and uh, how Andy Circus, you know, all that business about he wanted to have his own Academy Award. And I remember uh, some of that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You made a really nice article about that one. I remember your article about that one, and really brought up some yeah. good questions. Well, he's you know he wants you know he see he's a star. See, this is what I mean about that. They're now the way that actors. Because before Screen Actors Guild, there was always stars, and they were always well-paid. Right. It's just that there was no middle-income group. So the unions made a middle-income group. That's what it was. It's funny that you say that, because in some of my other conversations with folks, uh, we've been talking about how the middle class of acting, voice acting, and probably the true with acting um, Mm -hmm. on camera... Um, but for voice actors, there was always a really strong middle class of voice actors. And now mm-hmm. the celebrities are really taking the cream of the crop. So yep. um, except for exceptional people um, that have been doing it for a while and all and are already established as a yeah. kind of a superstar VO person. Um, the celebrities are taking that top cream because now it's acceptable because in the past it mm-hmm. wasn't. It was sort of seen as lower class work. And yeah. um, and now uh, the middle class is kind of be- getting squished because uh, the Internet and the activity online has and the access to technology, you know, being yep. able to create your own home studio has created such an influx of newcomers, be mm-hmm. good or bad with talent. You know, there's a real mix and a range there. but. That's really yep. squished the middle class out of a lot of work because of the um, lowballing of project pricing too, non-union stuff. Yep. So it's really shifting everywhere, not just for the animators, yes, as you know, as you know. Yes, it is. That's why you need to be entrepreneurial. Yeah, yeah. Because there's no sense. I, I, I had a, you know, I feel often that I'm shaking my fist at the skies, you know, <laughs> and it's uh, and and for all the good it's going to do me. Uh, oh. But really, really, you can also look at it as an opportunity to to invent new ways to get out of the storm. Uh, yeah, 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 and that's what people are definitely doing too. 
yeah. as the yes, ground indeed. shifts beneath them. <laughs> yeah, exactly so. And I'll tell you one more thing, too, for your listeners. If the, the piece of advice that I'll have is, that, is, to, is to think globally. Don't, don't be thinking in just California or just the U.S. Don't be doing that. Because, you know, there, there was a movie called Chico and Rita. I don't know if you saw this. I don't know Chico that one. And, yeah, it was an animated film that was out uh, three or four years ago. And that movie was produced by a company in Barcelona. And uh, it was, the story is about two people in Cuba, musicians, and they go to New York, okay? And the movie was, was actually created by companies in 11 different countries. Wow. Yes, and they, and they communicated with one another over the Internet, and they were coordinated out of Barcelona, Spain. Very and cool. This production model, you see, they, they, and they financed it the same way. The, the financing came from, from here, there, and, 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 and over yonder. Fantastic, fantastic. No, that's exactly where I think things are going. It's so nice. I didn't know about Chico and Reed. I'm going to have to check it out and read about how it was produced. I didn't know that. That's yeah, wonderful. Yeah. Everybody it's should check movie. it out. I completely believe that this is the way we can work together and we can do it live. Like you and I are right here right now. We're live. Things like that's this right. can happen with multiple people. Hey, That's exactly right. And it doesn't that's take exactly a satellite right. upload. You know, satellite transmissions in the past were huge. Now it's, it's, a, it is, this is an exciting time to be doing what you're doing because it's, it's, it's really it, like when sound first came into the movies right now, it's, it's just simply wide open out there. It's really wide open. And also the big studios, Disney and, and, and Pixar and DreamWorks and all, they're, uh, you know, they're losing their grip over the, control of distribution exhibition dreamworks just signed a big deal with with netflix to make original uh stuff cool uh, uh, amazon is producing it hulu hulu, hulu i mean yeah. yeah these things the production model is changing we're going to see lower budget more moderately budgeted feature films more moderately budgeted uh television uh things that are downloaded, streaming, and they're going to come from all over the world. And it's, if somebody, I mean, it's really, it's an exciting time. If you have talent and you're entrepreneurial, uh, there's no reason why you cannot be working. Uh, you, because you just understand that the other people have not gone there before you. You, right. You've got to go, go and tramp down the bushes. Yeah, yeah, you have to hit the pavement. <laughs> Hit the hit the sidewalks <laughs> as they used to say, because people That's used to go door to door. That's why you're so great, you know. This is really it's what you're you're doing a good thing with uh, your show and and getting this kind of stuff out there. I mean, I think it's great, Rebecca. I think it's really terrific what you're doing. I'm really enjoying it, Ed. Thank you. <laughs> We're gonna take yeah. a quick break, everybody. Hang on tight. We'll be back with Ed. During this quick break, I just wanted to ask you to go ahead and connect with me. Twitter, two ways at Rebecca Michaels and at Love That VO. You can connect with me on LinkedIn by finding me as Rebecca Michaels. You can connect with me on Facebook on my Facebook page, Rebecca Michaels. My website for voiceover is lovethatrebecca.com. 
And I'm also starting a voiceover improvisation workout group. So go to my website and go to the tab called Love That Improvo, Improv VO, and get the information. I look forward to hearing from you in any way, shape, or form. Always. Love That Voiceover brings you full-length interviews and sometimes love bites, little quickies. Always the fresh perspective of personalities inside the industry about the art and artistry behind the mic. This show is a dream come true for me, and I offer you my gratitude, my deepest gratitude. Everyone, you beautiful, sexy, delectable, delicious, fun, funny people that are listening, and very, very deep gratitude also to my incredible and wonderful and talented guests who... Let me spend a little quality personal time with them. Now back to the show. How do you handle all the cultural differences when trying to convey these ideas and concepts to people in different countries? That's a great question because I this uh, this this coming trip to China. Just use them as an example. I mean, I I, I could I could really tear your ear off with uh, China. I found out that in teaching in China, that my students were very attentive, and they were learning everything, and then they could not apply it. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. And this is because in that culture, education is all memorization and test-taking, and also you're not rewarded for introspection. Oh, wow. For individual creativity, you're rewarded to be part of a group. And so I'm telling people about, you know, expressing their own values and shamanistic and all this this is like this is like trying to descri- describe a cloud to somebody who's blind oh my god yeah and so i have just as i was forced into inventing a way to teach acting to animators in the first place in 1996 yeah I'm I'm now in the same position with China because what I do the way I teach acting to the animators in the U.S. is not that I'm I'm going over their heads, right? In China, wow. and so uh, yeah, and so I'm inventing ways to make them introspect because they don't even know that the they, muscle is not really there. It's very it's very you know weak. It's all what well, the problem is that under you got 1.4 billion people over there, and it's one it's it's one thing to say that it's something else again if you see what 1.4 billion people in a geographic area does to the functioning of of of, of a society. I mean, it's everything over there is calibrated for volume. Yeah, it's 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 totally it's like going to Mars. I wow. swear to God. But they, uh, underneath everything is Confucius over there. Okay. And, and, and I knew nothing about Confucius when I first went to China, and I, I still could not write a book about it, but I know more than I did. Yeah. And, um, and, and the main thing is that Confucius had these five relationships, uh, husband, wife, parent, child. There's, there's five relationships. And he defined how those relationships ideally would be and the, how the child should honor the parents and the parents should, all of this stuff. So the idea is for people to try to be the Confucian ideal, 
these, that there's a role that they're playing over there. Right. Now, the young people, the young people, you got a generational gap here. A lot of them are not trying to do this, which is causing problems in their culture, problems in their society. But it, this is what's underneath the cultural uh, the, the foundations of, of China. Well, over there, I'm not a teacher. I'm, I'm a master. <laughs> I walk. I, I'm, I swear to God, Rebecca, awesome. I'm not kidding. Right. It's it, it. Well, it's it is. It takes some getting used to, because my whole. You know how I teach my way. I'm a I'm a touchy, casual, yeah, 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 kind yeah. of guy. Yep. Well, over there, no, no, no. Right. You're supposed to be someone who dispenses wisdom, and you it you don't touch a student. You certainly don't kiss a student. I walk into a room over there, and they stand up. Well, the honor is certainly wonderful. The rigidity is the difficulty, especially for you. That's the problem. Is it, it also, they will pay attention and they will learn. See, what it is, is what I figured out is that I give them these rules for acting for animators, acting principles, you know, and how it works. And if I gave them a test, they they could fill them out. They could fill, they used to say, do you, do you know about acting? Yep, I do. And they could, they, they would write it all down. Right. But. You try to get them to apply it, and you can see that they they have not integrated this stuff. Fascinating. Yeah, and Fascinating. so and so, what I'm doing now is just I'm inventing ways that remove from them the option of rote memorization. Removes the option. That's tricky. You're good. Yes, it is. That's why I'm. That's why it has to be invented. <laughs> and I have to do it in a way. Remember, everything I do over there is watched. The government is watching everything. So, yeah. Okay, it's really a whole different thing. My acting for animators is going to be published next year in Mandarin. Congratulations! Yeah, that'll be good, and uh, it'll it'll help some. Yeah, but uh, but it's uh, anyway. So your answer, cultures. I mean, also you know, the, I have to work with translators a lot. And and a lot of things having to do with the Western culture don't even have an equivalent. That's fascinating. Sure. In the Asian culture, they don't have. There's not. There's not a translation. Well, congratulations to you for even trying to climb that mountain. Feels like a mountain. Yeah. Well, Just it's from fun your description. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Okay, now we're going to come back and we're going to do the love that voice over Rorschach questions round. So what you do... (laughs) All you have to do is just answer the question and say whatever it is on your mind at the time. Okay? Oh my, that's dangerous, isn't it? Very dangerous and very fun. And if you want to skip it because you're just blank, you know, that's fine. Fear factor, you know, whatever. (laughs) Let's get started. I start out easy and then I get harder as we go. What is your okay. current <laughs> What is your current favorite color? Red. What's your favorite number? 7. Cool. What is your favorite thing in your closet that you can think of right now? It would be my uh Iron Giant piggy bank from the movie The Iron Giant. Really? There's a piggy yeah. bank. And so why is this First of all, in your closet. <laughs> Why is it your favorite? Yeah. 
It's an actual mechanical thing, and you put the penny in it, and then it says something. It talks. It says that's good to eat. But the Iron Giant was uh, the first uh, animated movie that uh, Brad Bird uh, made, who ultimately did uh, The Incredibles and uh, Ratatouille, and he directed the most recent Mission Impossible. And um, and uh, the Iron Giant is a wonderful, wonderful movie. And uh, very sweet, and so isn't I it? Have this, I have the. I also have a poster from it on my wall, framed. But why is the piggy bank in your closet? Well, just because it's pretty big. Oh, and I, I do bring it out now and then, and uh, and play with it. But so it's cute. just great. And awesome. So that's my favorite thing in the closet. That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, growing up when you were a child, what was the name of your best friend, if you can remember? And tell us something, if you remember more about that person. Oh, my. My best friend. Well, you see, I I moved around a lot. And uh, I had, I suppose, in uh, when I was in middle school, uh, uh, Barry Coker would have been my my best friend, <laughs> and uh, he's now living in Florida. And uh, I don't really stay in touch with him, but he was a wild guy. And uh, I, we're talking when I was like fourteen, thirteen, fourteen in there. Yeah. And uh, this guy was into uh, racing soapbox cars awesome. and stuff. <laughs> uh, he was just he was one of the crazy kids. You know, he would jump off of roofs and stuff, and I would follow him and it is, so it was a, it was an insane thing i'm lucky i survived it <laughs> my time with barry coker in atlanta georgia all right uh, yeah. i like hearing about barry hey barry shout out to barry um, yeah 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 hey hey, hey barry <laughs> <laughs> what one thing uh besides nugget the wonder dog can bring mm-hmm. you pure joy well my wife She's uh, my wife, Callie. Uh, we've been uh, married for 32 years. Wow. Congratulations. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. And so she's, uh, she brings me to, you know, this very morning, you know, she's uh, home from work and we, we went to a local coffee shop and sat and read the paper and talked. That's my, those quiet moments mean more to me than, uh, than anything else. Very sweet. Now I'm going to ask you something even more personal. What guilty pleasure do you let yourself indulge in? Oh, I think ginger snaps. Sweet. Uh, I eat. <laughs> I try to it's watch what food. I eat. It's always food. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ginger I snaps. Go, I, I can go through a box of ginger snaps. And, God, and can we all? Do you dip them in milk? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know part of the technique. I try to stay away from things like that myself, but my boyfriend's a sweetaholic, so whoa, I understand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Last but not least, tell us if you can tell us your favorite curse word. Oh, oh, my favorite curse word, oh, well, would be fuck. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> now, do you really restrain yourself from using it, or do you use it freely? I I use it. I use it. I I mean, I I would use that word even when I'm teaching. I yes, mean, I remember. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's you know, as as long as it's not layered on there, so long as it's an authentic expression of something, um, then I I I will use it. 
And uh, people understand it on a subliminal level when you use it that way. It's not used very often. I don't, I don't, I'm not a profane person. No, you're not. No, not from what I remember, (laughs) unless things have changed. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, listen, is there anything else you'd like to share with uh, with folks before we we let you go? Because is there anything we haven't covered you wanted to touch base on or? Well, just that uh, other than to to say what what we need in my classes, I teach that the. The, 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 that the roots of acting, the roots of uh, animation are in shamans, in shamanism. That it goes back to ancient tribes 5,000, 6,000 years ago in Mesopotamia and um, follow the herds. And the herd would get sick or there'd be storms or something and they'd call out the shaman and the shaman would paint himself blue and put a circle in the dirt and the tribe would gather around, and they would chant to the animal gods or the weather gods or whatever. And that was the whole point was to keep the tribe together, to keep the tribe together so they could survive. That's what we have to do, and I think that we need more shamans right now. That's where yeah. I'm going with this, is that yeah. we don't have enough shamans. And shamans are paid. My, 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 I tell my students that they have a license to stare. They have a license to stare and to see people for what they really are and to understand them. To, uh, and, and I think that your, your listeners mm-hmm. are shamans. Your, your listeners are in a position to see and understand things that other people cannot or will not. And I just want to encourage people to be brave about this go ahead and stick your neck out say what you think is true because we need need guidance right now we need leaders yeah and you know that's one of the most i'm so happy that you brought that up because that's one of my most favorite things about you and having worked or studied um with you and reading your newsletter because you always reiterate that and the impact that actors as creative artists as mm-hmm. actors, not somebody just mm-hmm. reading something. We're talking about people who are really turning the word into emotions that we understand through the words. And That's exactly right. Right. And it's, I, a very, it's a very powerful, honorable thing to do with your life. It is. And I thank you for that tidbit at the end because that's really important and i really recommend anyone to go to edhooks.com to send him an email to sign up for his newsletter because at the least you should be reading this newsletter and picking up on his um acting points that he puts in there he always has a section that is um what do you call it free And it's free. Yes, it's free. I I just assumed everyone would know that. He has a section in his newsletter, and it's always the biggest section in his newsletter, and it's called Craft Notes. And it's always Craft Notes, meaning acting, about the craft of acting. And it's it's always something that you can ponder. It's not something you just read and you pick up a tip. It's not like that, because acting is not about tips and techniques. It's about Mm -hmm. touching your soul. And Ed really helped me do that and see that from that perspective. I'm going to get tears in my eyes, so I'm verklempt. (laughs) But I really want to thank you for joining me today and for bringing us everything that we talked about 
and sharing it with everyone that's listening. Thank you so much for including me, Rebecca. Thank you so much. It's just a a wonderful thing you're doing. I'm so happy to be a part of it. And you too. You are, and keep going and keep us posted. And everybody go to edhooks.com. This is Rebecca Michaels. Ha, huh? love that Rebecca signing off uh, from uh, this episode of Love That Voiceover. Tell them goodbye, Ed. Goodbye, goodbye. Stay in touch. We did it. <laughs> we did it. You're wonderful. You're a good interviewer. Thanks for listening, you sexy, beautiful, adorable person. Lots of love to you. And catch my latest at lovethatvoiceover.com. Until next time, take care.